Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Saya, and today we are here to talk about how to create a high-converting email cadence. Now, everyone has to build a cadence or some kind of sequence to reach out. It is the heartbeat of your sales process. But we're here to talk about why email is one of the most important ways and other ways that you can improve it to make it better. Now, I always love to hear from where you guys are tuning in from. So be sure to throw it in the chat. I'd love to see some of these. We got Kirsten Woodbury. Congrats on the recent promotion, Kirsten. It's great to see. Love to have you here. She's from Grand Rapids, Michigan. We got Shozab from Pakistan. That's amazing. I, I love to see these because we're usually worldwide. Looks like they're heavily coming in now. And we have Victor from South Florida. Welcome, Victor. I'm also in the SoFlow. It's great to see you here. Now, who are today's speakers? Today, we have Sandeep John. He's a director of demand generation over at Outplay. And Alex Newman. He's the founder and CEO of Newman Consulting Group. Now, Alex, why is email such a pivotal portion of a sales sequence? Well, I think it's where most buyers still live today. As much as uh, people uh, think that email is dead, um, which is definitely not. I think this is where everybody actually lives from a, a hub and spoke model. So you can have all the social, the podcast, the calls, everything, but I think people live in email. So it's able to uh, kind of view it or read it at your own time in your own device in your own way. Um, so it, I think it is the, the center of it all. Okay. Well, we're going to be covering that and a lot more. But before we do, if you're looking to level up in 2023, we do this show daily. Yes, daily. So be sure to check us out and you can grab tons of additional resources and tactics from over 100 top sales professionals by either scanning this QR code or visiting us at sellbetter.xyz. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link in the chat so you can check it out. Now, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. So big shout out to Outplay and Vidyard. If you guys haven't checked them out yet, you need to. They're the best ways to level up your outbound, outbound sequences and just sales process as a whole. So be sure to check them out. And the drop of the day, we have something really special here from you all. Outplay has written up the real outbound sequences from leading companies. So check this out. You're going to be able to get the plays that all leading companies do from Vidyard to Drip to Outplay themselves. You're going to be able to see the sequence goals, the structure, the metrics, and exactly the messaging that they use. So be sure to check that out. It is $3.99. All you got to do is check out the link. <laughs> so what is on today's agenda? We're going to show you all how to create a sales cadence template, and it's going to be tailored to your target audience, why ICP matters. Lastly, how to develop the right messaging and optimize your cadence so that you can actually see some success. And before we dive into all of these, I want to know who is in the room. Do we have SDRs? Do we have AEs? Maybe some frontline manager or senior leadership. Fill this out, guys, because it helps me tailor the conversation. If I see there's a lot of senior leaders, I'm going to be like, hey, Sandeep, what can senior leaders do to level up their email game with sequencing? So I want to know. Let me know who is in the room. 
I'm already seeing here that there is tons of SDRs and about 13% frontline managers. Alex, does this surprise you at all? Well, I think it's awesome to see uh, SDRs wanting to invest in themselves, which I feel like is just not done enough. But hey, props to the frontline managers who get it and uh, and want to go learn it themselves. They are uh, not innocent in this whole thing. It's all about developing your people. So props to you guys for being here. Gotta work as a team. Now, everyone out there, be sure to switch your chat to everyone. Click that blue button and switch it to everyone so that way we can see what you guys are posting. So let's just get right into it. One of the most important parts of even starting your sequences correctly is knowing your ICP. Sandeep, why is this the case? This is, to me, this is like at the heart of everything, right? Knowing your ideal customer profile. Otherwise, who am I going to send the email to? Uh, now, it's important to even break that down. And I, and I think one, I think for everyone on this call, as we, as we heard a lot of SDRs and AEs for joining us today, really get down to really understand whom you're selling to and try to break that down into different groups or clusters, I, would, I might call them. So they could be like, of course, let's assume that if you're selling a sales tech product, your sales manager perhaps is your decision maker. You're going to be sending them a separate cadence versus somebody else within the firm. So build separate cadences across different profiles and personas. The same cadence is not going to work. In fact, the frequencies might also vary between cadences as well. So begin with that. Start really understand whom you're sending this to and also where the context of the uh, also have the context of where are they coming from is this are you going cold outbound are you coming is, are these people who have signed up to your product are they attending a jb sales webinar um could be anything right so really build that context into your messaging as well but break the heart of all of it is if you don't know your icp if you don't know whom you're selling to you can never really craft the right message and that you will fail right there so make sure if you don't know go speak to somebody in your marketing team in fact go speak to your product marketer they can really get down to the integrities of who your ICP is. Nail that first. All right. It's very important. And I'm actually seeing here that about 40% of the room is SDRs. So for those SDRs out there, Alex, what do you recommend they do so they know for sure that the ICP that they're reaching out to is the right one? Well, I think the first thing is you want to understand and do some research. I mean, you should be able to go to your manager, probably your manager's manager, all the way up to to the top. If you're in a in a startup, go talk to the founders. Uh, if you sell to someone who you have as that title inside your own company, a VP of sales, VP of marketing, engineering, whatever it is, like go talk to those people and learn firsthand what they're talking about. The more primary research that you can do, the better you will understand. Uh, I, I hear a lot that uh, I'm I'm just an SDR. Like, what value do I really bring? And I always kind of chuckle and I think about SDRs are one of the most important roles inside of a company. And if you're a full cycle AE, you fall into this too. But you are the very first person, not website, not podcast, not piece of content. You are the first person that these people, your prospects, will ever speak with. And sure, they might be C-level executives that have two, three, five, ten times more experience than you. But you think about this problem, the problem that you solve every single day. They don't. So I would bet that you know more about it than they do. When you can show that, you show that in an email, you show that on the phone, you show that in a video, you show that in the type of content that you create. You become very, very, very valuable 
and they want to speak with you. Mm. It should be, they are asking you for more information. That's how much you should know your ICP. Love that. Everyone put a one in the chat if you agree with this. SDRs are the first and most pivotal part of the organization because they are making those interactions. They're determining if that ICP is a good fit. I'm really seeing this chat blow up with ones. Thank you everyone for engaging. And I also want to know from you all, do you base your outbound sequence on your ICP? Are you guys like looking at your ICP and going, okay, this is the sequence I need to make for this? Or are you guys just kind of sending it out, trying to hit up as many people as you want and just say, hey, I just got to get my message out there. I don't care who it goes to, someone's going to bite, which, hey, some people have done that before. So I want to know from you all. So I know we had this example here, Alex, um, about sequence batching. Can you tell me more about this? Uh, you really like to batch up different portions of your sequence. Why is that? Well, I think that the average rep does what I call the fast to slow approach, which is for the first week or week and a half, it's just like a barrage of activities, call, email, uh, all these different activities in this like very, very small week or two weeks worth of time. And we all know that so much of sales has to do with, with, with timing. And it's if they've never heard of you, they don't know anything about the problem, or maybe they're working on other projects. They're probably working on other priorities that they have. So having a, I want to talk to you right now type of answer is most likely not the right response that you're going to get. Doesn't mean they're not interested, but to have that flurry of activity where you're kind of just like, in their face. It's kind of, it would be like you walking down the street and someone jumping in front of you saying, Hey, let's go get a beer. Hey, let's go get a beer. Like it would just be kind of a little bit intense. And so what I look at this from like a batch perspective, it's a, a few activities and then you take a pause and then a few activities and then you take a pause. And the point of it is for all of the activities to actually align and reference themselves. So actually work together. It's the same idea of why you see a banner and then you see an Instagram ad and then you get a Facebook ad and then there's a TV commercial and then somehow you see like uh, a bus stop that has an ad and all of a sudden you see all the different advertisements click in your brain and you know, I do need that $300 t-shirt that I didn't need before. Is you just see all these different places and all of a sudden that company becomes larger. That problem becomes a little bit more aware. Now, the reason that you go through a multi-step sequence is because timing might be off. So some people might respond to the first few, some people might respond to the last few or someplace in the middle. So I like to have it in a couple of different places. And so instead of this fast and then slow down and at the end have some kind of a breakup sequence or breakup email, which you were never dating in the first place, so you're not actually breaking up with anybody, or you'll often see it's a slow approach and then it's a very fast kind of uh, exit, which also doesn't always work. I like the th this kind of clustering or batch approach because it's well-balanced and it's always kind of tying one activity to the second activity to the third activity. And I like to, to most importantly, I like to use video, but I also like to use video not in the first one because it's a lot more work to do video than a lot of the other ones. And so if you use video in like the second or third kind of batch, 
it can reference what you've done before. You might have personalization, you might have relevance in the in the beginning. The video can then compound on that. But if they're going to respond to a call or an email, you don't have to waste your time on the video. So that's why I kind of move it in the way that I do it. Right. I like that a lot. I mean, Sandeep, do you agree with this method of, of clustering? Have you done this before? I, I actually like this method, but in fact, I'm going to show you another, uh, a very different approach to what Alex is taking. But I actually like this method. I, I feel like there's got to be a lot of hustle at that earlier stage to get everyone excited because you want to get that going. And then, of course, you want to you want to be able to back off a little bit and take it at a li little more leisurely pace. Um, but yeah, I like this sequence. It's something that I would I would definitely use. Okay. Now I want to hear from my audience because about 84% of you all said that you base your sequence off of your ICP, 16% said no. So if that is the case, what do you guys find is the hardest part of building a sales sequence? Is it what steps to include, the timing of the sequence, who to add to the sequence, or maybe it's just something completely different. And if that's the case, just let me know in the chat because I would love to see these. And Let's get into this, Sandeep. You said you have a little bit of a different message, uh, different sequence structure. So could you tell me more about this one? Why is it different? How has this performed for you? Uh, tell me more about it. So this is, a, again, um, this particular sequence considers that most of your prospects either reside on LinkedIn. I mean, they're we're guessing that they're active on LinkedIn. And if they're not active on LinkedIn, then this particular sequence might not even work. Um, but this is, a, this is an approach where you're approaching them on LinkedIn, you're connecting with them, you're trying to build a sort of a relationship with them on LinkedIn before you even move into something else, where you start LinkedIn and then go email and, and sort of follow-ups and all of that will come after that. But this is a very LinkedIn-first approach. Um, I like this a lot because of the kind of folks that we are normally uh, trying to sell to or trying to put on our offering are typically residing on LinkedIn, right? So it's a combination of connecting with them on LinkedIn, sending them those initial messages, Again, the, the key part is here, and this is where a lot of people I see make mistakes because I get prospected a lot with folks trying to sell stuff to me as well. They'll start pitching right up at the first LinkedIn message. Hey, Sandeep, I am this and I'm a company from this. Honestly, I don't, at this point, I wouldn't care. Uh, it wouldn't matter to me at that point, right? But the better ones are the ones who start off with some kind of a conversation and then slowly they, and I, and I know at some point, when I look at the company, I know, hey, I know you're going to sell something to me. But yeah, let's, like Alex said earlier, I would rather we date first before the breakup and, and whatnot. But yeah, let's go through that phase first. Um, I'd like to be sold to as well. So, so this kind of adopts that kind of a method. I like that a lot. Now I'm seeing here that Kristen is saying, I have a challenge. Finding the time to search and plan the right content and resources to share with the audience so they won't opt out immediately. And also finding the time it takes to set up so many different sequences. Alex, what kind of advice would you give Kristen when it comes to this? Yeah, I think it's a pretty common uh, challenge that, that you're going to hear from anybody who's prospecting. And, and what I do is I actually break it apart. I think that's what's so, so important about defining your ICP and who you're actually going after. Because what ends up happening is if you try to target multiple personas in different industries with different problems all in the same sequence, you're going to have this where you're constantly building different sequences, looking for new content, you're constantly writing. It's very, very challenging. And so what I say is to segment what you're doing and focus on a specific group at one time. And I don't mean one time, meaning like one day, do it for a week, do it for two weeks, do it for a month, do it for two months until you exhaust that section, until you exhaust that segment. 
And so the research that you're doing to find two or three pieces of really valuable driven content, not content that your company created. I'm talking about content that Gartner put out or HBR put out or some type of industry analysis that, that can be helpful. Maybe find a, a podcast that would be talking about your your audience or, or the title that you're selling to that would be really, really helpful. And so you can repurpose that content in everything that you do throughout that sequence to that specific ICP. And so that if you just take time to actually build the sequence itself, find the actual research, then what happens is you start to look for all those different targets and they should be able to fit into that one sequence because there's three or four or five different characteristics that they have in common. And then you might have to personalize a piece if, if, if it makes sense to do personalization. And that's how you're able to actually do more with less. But I think that the, the caveat to this is so many times all I hear is volume, 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 volume. And so many times we send large volumes of email and we get very, very low interest or open rates. And the point of that is, why don't you have smaller groups of sends, meaning that you have a higher quality, lower volume, but you're going to have a higher conversion rate. So it makes sense to take the time to write it a little bit more. And the last piece of this is the faster you do this, the more you do this, the even faster you get. And that's the part that nobody thinks about. The more you do research, the more you do this process, you're going to be get faster at personalization. You're going to see patterns. You're going to understand how to actually go through your sequence faster so that it doesn't take 15 minutes to write an email. It takes three to five minutes max to write the email. That's a great piece of advice, Alex. And you had you hit on some really key points there. And one of the biggest ones is how much better you get over time. So you can't let personalization feel like it's going to be way too much. Now, Sandeep, people are asking me to bring up your example one more time. And I actually wanted to touch on this because Delaney here asks a really good question. Is there any value in just bumping the email or should you be adding value to your product in every email? Uh, what do you think, Sandeep? Because I know people like to send those bots bump email but not a lot of value. So yeah. what kind of answer do you have? So you, you'll have to draw, when I when I, when I meant this by the previous is you'll have to draw context of the previous email. That's what I mean. So I would, I would stay away from things like thoughts. I would stay away from, hey, what do you think about this? So you're still, the, the key is as long as you have a story, there's a narrative that's going right through, right? These can't be independent things that you're pushing out. There has to be something that you're going to try to offer them or uh, something that you're trying to tell them at that initial stage as well. The second one will obviously be, hey, hoping you got my previous email, but I just wanted to let you know that something else, right? So to your point, I think was that Delaney, yeah, you'll have to add value in every email. Uh, just a thought, just a not thing is not going to work, but you'll have to try and draw context to the previous email. Otherwise, it's pointless. Um, you're not going to get too much of a response anyways, right? And we'll talk about those in some examples later on as well. All right. Now, let's go into the different types of channels that can even be within email itself. Alex, you had some really great points here in the pre-call. You mentioned video, audio, and written are all formats that can be done with email. Can you tell me a little bit more about these? Yeah, I mean, uh, the video, like using Vidyard, I think is a great idea. Uh, I don't think enough people use Vidyard. When you, when you think of making a phone call, it's, it's a voice recognition. It's, hey, you are a real person. When you write something, that's all text. 
Well, the beauty of video is it's a visual thing. So it actually combines the voice and the visual. So they can see your body language. They can see the way you speak. They can see your passion. They can see your curiosity and your intent. And I think it goes a really, really long way. Now, the key is to make it succinct. The key is to get to the point fast. I would say under 45 seconds to a minute tops. But the key is to be able to use it. And that's the thing is creating a video that generates intrigue. You are not selling the deal, which so often emails are like these like cliff notes of what the company can do from start to finish. But if you use these three types, what you can do is you can create enough intrigue that the prospect is going to think of it like a, a movie trailer. Like it should show enough to go, huh, I do have that problem, or I'm interested in how they solve that, or I want to get to that ultimate end goal that they're talking about. If you don't, and it's just this pitch, I don't want your platform. I don't want your feature. I don't want your marketplace. I don't want like this tool. Like I don't want any of this crap. Like I've been, I, I want to solve this problem. Talk to me about this problem. And the example that I like to use is I, I'm in Chicago and let's say I'm going to New York. I can go from Chicago to New York in a number of different ways. I can take an airplane. I could take a bicycle. I could take a car. I could walk, I guess, if I wanted to. Like I can do all these different things. But the key is, is if I don't actually want to go to New York, there is no way that you can sell me any one of those of what you're trying to sell. So you can, you can work for the airlines, you can work for a car dealership, you can work for a bicycle manufacturer. It doesn't matter. If I'm not actively trying to go from one place to the next, it doesn't matter what your solution is. So focus on figuring out if they have the actual problem to begin with. That's very important. You got to make sure that you're touching on the right points and you're not creating something from scratch, which is something you mentioned in the pre-call, Alex. Like Your approach needs to be different. If you are bringing this top of mind to your prospect in a completely from scratch way, and they're not obviously aware that they have this issue just yet, think about that. So if they know they're aware of the issue, then your messaging needs to change. And then that you can use these different creative formats from video, audio, and written in ways that you can target that, that they're aware of the solution. Now, if they aren't aware, then you need to bring this up in a different manner and be like, hey, you do have this problem. You just don't know it yet. And then target it with a different kind of sequence with different kinds of messaging. So that's very important. Now, Sandeep, when it comes to video, audio, and written, what are one of your favorite methods to utilize? Um, I'm still still a fan of the written word. Uh, I, I'd love written, but I, I definitely try video whenever possible. I feel like there's a lot of value in adding video. And it, the key is what is, like Alex mentioned, what is in that video? What am I, what's the value I'm trying to bring in that video? Am I just showing a product demo? Or what am I trying to tell you? I feel like there's a great opportunity for video for that level of personalization as well. Today, with platforms like Vidyard, in fact, you can do um, semi-personalization at scale almost. And, you, and I feel all those things are nice because it'll it'll get, if you have your name sort of put up there, it, it kind of, you might want to go and click that particular thing and have a look at it as well. So I feel like, yeah, if you have to use, I feel video is a great platform to use. And if you use it smartly, it's a great option there. Fantastic. I completely agree. Video is extremely powerful. And I'm already seeing here in the chat that people do like to use it. Um, they just need a little bit more clarification on how to use it. And we always recommend using tools and make it very easy. 
Um, now, I would love to hear from everyone in the audience. Do you guys prefer to use video, audio, or written? Just throw it in the chat when it comes to email. Are you sending out a lot of videos? Are you doing more audio? That would be interesting. Or is it still old school and you'd keep it written? So let's get into some more email tips here. When it comes to this email, you want to be creative, keep it short and relevant, and sound human and personalized. Sundeep, you mentioned this in the pre-call. Why did you choose these three things as major email tips? Because everyone else is also sending emails, right? So I always tell people when you're when you're sending out an email, you're not the only person sending out an email to that particular prospect. You're going to have 10 or 12 or 15 other folks. And I've seen this happen to me real time, right? So how are you going to, how are you going to differentiate? Of course, you have a great product that you're trying to sell, superb, but you, you've got to stand out. Your email has got to look feel a lot more different. It should feel like you really understand uh, the pain that they're going through, the value that you're trying to bring to that individual. Uh, and that's where you have to be creative. You have to personalize. And the last part, I think, is the most important here. Right? I think someone also mentioned it somewhere in the chat where today uh, sales folks are not talking to their ICPs, but they're talking to chat GPT. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad thing at all. In fact, I say use the power of chat GPT. I was on another webinar the other day and we were talking about how um, uh, the fact that you can actually use ChatGPT to your advantage if you know how to set the right prompts and understand your ICP better. So the, the point being, or the last point being, try and sound a lot more human uh, because today you have, there are enough AI tools, even uh, Outplay today, you can, you can sort of get that email written all for you without one bit of human intervention at all. But add that flavor because it's important for it to feel like it's coming from a human being as opposed to it coming from a bot. Um, so keep that relevant, keep that creative, keep it short, clear, concise to the message of the point that you're trying to always imagine your prospects are probably checking out stuff on their phone. Nobody likes to read long stuff. Nobody even likes to scroll. Um, so keep it as short as possible. And then you really probably add value. Yeah. Keep it human. human right. That's great piece of advice. And I like how you said you can use technology to your advantage. Don't think it's the enemy of humanity. <laughs> You know, unless Skynet comes out, like we're going to keep it simple. You can actually use it to your advantage. Now, Alex, Delaney here has a really interesting question that I want to bring up because I'm seeing here in your example from earlier that you like to use email a lot throughout, right? It's very important when you're clustering. And Delaney here says, if you're only reaching out via email, how many emails should be in the sequence? Um, I have read four emails, but I have also read eight emails. Eight emails just seems like a lot to send to your ICP. Do you just keep adding value in every email? What do you think is a good way to go about this? Uh, I don't know if there's like default. This is you know you should send X emails and you generate the response. If I if I knew that, I probably would have a heck of a lot more money. Uh, <laughs> But I, I, I look at it and I think in the beginning, I think it's a little bit of a feel thing. Um, I, I look at it and go, look at your business model, look at the types of clients or prospects that you have, uh, look how many people are involved. Um, I think a big piece is going to be are, like, what category are you in? Are you selling Salesforce where everybody knows what that is? Or are you selling some like startup that nobody's ever heard of before and the problems brand new and it's this big educational play? And so I think that you have to have strategies with your sequences. And I think you look at it to say, what are you doing in your emails? So, so often I'll see an email where it's a, it's an eight step cadence 
and they're all emails and every single one of them says, are you free for 30 minutes? Are you free for 30 minutes? Are you free for 30 minutes? And here's my calendar. And I look at it and I go, what happens if I don't want to talk to you? Like help them do research. We all hear about how buyers are so much more informed than they've ever been before, before they ever speak to an actual sales rep. Like, like game the system, like point them in the direction of the information you want them to consume. Like I, sometimes I think of cadences as like a, it's like a one-way relationship, except you can see their body language. So you can see their open rates. You can see their click-through rates. You can see if they share something or not. You can see if they like open the document. Like you have that type of visibility. And it's not the end-all be-all to say, oh, I got an email open or I got a document open. They absolutely want to buy. But the point is, is if you start to see signals and those patterns start to increase, they're on your website for two minutes or five minutes, or they're on that document for a long period of time. Like those are signals that you can compound together in order to figure out, hey, now maybe it makes sense for me to lob a call in, or now maybe it makes sense for me to actually have a little bit more of a stronger CTA. So in the beginning, maybe you don't even have a CTA or the CTA is like, I read this thing. And then towards the end, you say, hey, I've sent you eight messages. Now, does now seem like a good time to chat? And I, I try to move away from the like breakup stuff. The whole point is, is first of all, you're probably not going to stop prospecting them. That let's, let's be honest, like you're just going to like wait a few weeks. The whole point is, is it's really going to be what is top of mind? What is the top priority? So maybe this is a really important problem for Q4 but it's not for right now. And so you say, oh, probably not a top priority for you in, in Q2. Is this, would there be better time in Q3 or Q4 when this makes a little bit more sense? And maybe you have data from your your current customers that say, hey, here's a trigger event that typically happens in, in a specific quarter, a specific month. And so you put all that together and then you can kind of back in into the number of emails or the number of touches that, that makes sense. But if you have absolutely no data to go on, I go based on gut feel. Like try three, try five. Like if, if you're an enterprise customer, you're probably somewhere in the range of seven to 12, maybe even more. But yeah. if it's more like SMB, like what the hell do you say after eight messages? Like, I don't even know. Like it's a pretty clear value prop, right? And then you're just like sending them videos or sending them articles. It, it's got to pass the like common sense test. I like that, the common sense test. And it's great that you mentioned the CTAs because Sandeep, I know you had a great example here of CTAs that you like to use. And actually, from a question we asked in the past, what are what our audience thinks is the hardest thing when building a sales sequence? A lot of them send timing. Now, I think this is great to introduce CTAs because it can help with understanding your own timing. And when you should include a soft one or hard one, can you break these down for us? Actually, before I go, I just want to comment on on and Delaney's point as well. And even to Alex, what was saying, um, uh, I'll just, just just again another. It's not a pop up quiz, but then for everyone in the audience, you want to just take a wild guess on in terms of um, this is specific to the SaaS industry. If you're selling to the SaaS industry, if you're selling to SMB mid market firms. How many touch points do you on an average again? This is an industry number. How many touch points do you think it takes for a person to actually respond? Just go with your numbers. Or she twenty seven. I used to. Why are you prospecting at twenty seven? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm guessing it's a typo. It can't be 27. But yeah. Well, I'm seeing a lot of double digits. I think yeah. double so digits. No. I'll, I'll help everyone. It's it's around seven. It's around seven touch points. Right? So you typically are talking about a sequence that should be at least a minimum of eight steps, go up to 13 steps. Now you can have a combination of, you can you can do it like a full full on email sequence if required. But as long as you're providing value on every step, uh, you, you can't be just sending, uh, like uh, like Alex was saying, hey, book a meeting, book a meeting. Nobody's going to be bothered about that. But have value in every step. But yeah, seven is the is the sweet spot. So ideally, you want to have a sequence that at least has eight steps. Typically, um, again, this is specific to the industry. Each email different thread. I wouldn't. I would use. A, I would use the bump email sometimes. I could um, keep it at the same thread. See, the key here, everyone, is that it's got to have a flow. There's got to be some kind of a narrative that's going through that entire journey. It can't be like, hey, my product offers A. Uh, first email, second email, hey, my product offers B and C, third email, my product offers D. I'm like, what are you telling me? I can't understand a word of what you're trying to say. As opposed to, hey, here's here's what I think other leaders in your firm are dealing with or struggling with. Is this something that resonates with you? By the way, here is something that we prepared as a report that can sort of help you with that. Third thing could be, hey, here's how companies like, how this is how we solve it for somebody else or some other firm that we've done. Would you be interested, right? There's some kind of there's got to be some narrative there. Otherwise, it's just sending email for the sake of, hey, 12 independent emails, all saying different things, but talking about one company. It's going to delete, 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 or just mark you as spam, right? So mm-hmm. watch out for that. You got to tell the story, right? Mm-hmm. You got to make sure your, your sequence has purpose, not just sending a bunch of junk that you think is going to stick you know, to your, pro- your prospect. Now, Sandeep, when it comes to this and telling a story, how do CTAs tie into this? Oh, I, I love the, so I'm, I'm a personal, uh, being a marketer in my profession, of course, I was a sales guy all my life. I'm a big fan of the soft CTA. It's the second email that you're seeing on this, right? Now, the second email here is, again, by the way, these two emails that I've shown, I'm, I'm hoping the people who sent me these emails are probably on this call as well. It's possible. These are folks who sent or prospecting to me. And why I picked up these emails is because I actually responded to them. I normally never, hardly ever respond to a lot of the emails that come to me. But I just felt that there was something about it that resonated with me. It worked well, right? So we'll go to the first one. First one's a hard CTA um, where basically they're openly asking me for a meeting. Traditionally, I would have, I would have, would not have said okay to this, but I loved the way it was crisp. It was short. It wasn't very personalized. So if you look at both of these, these are semi-personalized. So they understood the persona that I am, uh, and they kind of pitched to what I, I would probably be seeing as a problem. Right, so the first one was more about subject line again was maximum conversion. Okay, that's something that, as a market, as a demand gen person, that's I'm excited about when somebody says conversion, good conversion rates, great. Um, and they're saying, hey, sales reps get better conversion if they do this uh, versus 30 minutes. So, so the, almost a speed to lead concept. So if you move faster, you can get better value. In essence, that's all they're telling me, nothing else. And they're just throwing in some numbers here, which to me looks exciting enough. I don't know how whether these numbers are actually real. But then I'm curious enough to find out, like, hey, okay, tell me more. Show me how you're doing this. Like, are you is this are you are you playing with me or what's going on here? Right. That's the that's the hard CTA one. Uh, the second CTA one is well, again interesting, right? So second CTA one, the subject line is not here, but the subject line was actually uh, open rate uh, outplays open rates can go from nine percent to sixty seven percent. That was the number. Now sixty seven percent is is an unbelievable number. You can't. It's very difficult to get that kind of open rate. Like you're talking about best case scenario on 40, 40 percent. Anyways, right? So I'm curious already. The subject line just got me. But then when they got into the email, straight away, do you have any concerns that your cold emails are ending up in your spam folder? Okay, interesting. That is a real problem sometimes. Um, we recently helped a team. 
This could be real, could, doesn't have to be real as well. And help boost their open rates, reply rates. So they've got some numbers out there. And these are numbers that concern me as well regularly because we take care of an SDR team as well. Uh, how where, is it going to spam folders? Is it going this? And here are a bunch of clients whom we work with. So they threw in a bunch of big names, names that I would resonate with. But I send you more details about what happens here. They haven't pitched anything. They haven't told me exactly what they do, how they do it. But just straight away saying, hey, I would love to send you more information. So my response to the second email was, okay, yeah, I'm curious, send me more. Second email was actually this person, again, did not sell the product, broke it down in terms of, hey, one, two, three, four, five, uh, and just told me how they did it. They didn't even tell me software. And they say, would you like to know how we did this? And then the third email that I got in was said, okay, this is my product. This is what I do. Here is how I can do it for you. I was like, okay, let's talk. I'm talking to them next week. So I've got a call set up with these guys. But I love the both both the examples. I'm I'm still a favorite. Not many sales folks will agree with me, but I'm still a very I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for soft CTAs where you're you're offering me something. You're not actually selling, but you're talking about a pain point that I might deal with, and I've got something that can substantiate to that. I'm curious. Great. This is great, and it also plays into the timing of sequences, right? If if it's a later email and you're going for the soft, and you want to have those first two emails be soft until you go for that hard CTA at the third where you think it's actually viable. So you got to know where you're putting these CTAs and at what point in your sequence to your main objective. Now, Alex, you had a great example since we're already on the topic of messaging of a personalized email that you received. Can you break this down for me? Why was this uh, so well done? Um, so this is not something I received. This is something, uh, it was a client of mine and uh, SDR actually wrote this email and it was to a public, it was either a CIO or a CTO. I can't remember. Um, but the focus is the very beginning, which just nailed it. They, she got the meeting, they ended up closing the deal. Um, but it all started with just rock solid creativity from a personalization standpoint. Uh, they, she did her research. She learned something that this specific person wanted, likes jujitsu. Uh, and this whole thing was about ramp time and tied jujitsu with the actual point of the thing, which is ramp time. This is like creativity, personalization, like bullseye right down the freaking pipe. Now, when I look at this, the, the, the bottom half is a little much for me. I probably would say in from a coaching perspective, I, I'd try to trim that a little bit, but it doesn't even matter because the first part was so good. It didn't even matter what the second half actually looked like. It was like, okay, cool. You threw out some numbers. You talked a little bit about some things as far as upscaling. All right, let's have a conversation. But she got emotion. She got interest. She tied it to the point of the actual email meeting book. Amazing. Amazing. I love to see this. Now, we do have a bit of time here for Q&A. So I just kind of want to get into it right away. Uh, Meg M here asks, do you suggest having one email thread in a cadence or breaking that up into one to three new emails? Sandeep, what do you think about this? I think it's a it's a combination of, as I said, it's got to have that storyline. It's got to flow in that particular thing, right? So I would I would still consider it as part of the first part of a narrative that you're trying to build. You can't, I would, it would be weird to bring in newer stories into that entire thing, right? Now, how you plan it out is going to be important. The initial piece could be, hey, uh, 
you could be talking about the persona and the pains and the challenges they are they're sort of dealing with and how companies are looking at this particular solution. The second one could be um, maybe you have an asset or something, uh, a report, an asset or whatever that complements or talks about that a little bit more. The third one potentially could be a case study that you're trying to solve. Again, solving the same problem, right? So I feel, I don't know if it's a breakup of three, four different threads. I still feel it's part. Now, if you're if the question is, are you trying to, am I, I going to use the same subject line every single time or am I going to change subject lines? There you take a call, right? Because you don't want to be, you can, of course, keep the same subject line for the first two emails if you'd like and then feel free to change based on what theme and and, and that's really a judgment call at that point in time. Take a call. And there's one point I'd like to talk about is in, in any sequence, in any kind of method that you're using, always A-B test. Um, never, never miss out on A-B testing. Most uh, sales engagement platforms have the option of A-B testing. Try it one way. If your open rates are looking poor or if your click rates are looking poor, change subject lines or change the content. Um, do that. Never miss out on that. All right. I like that. That's a great answer. Now, we also have some great ones here in the chat. Uh, Shozab asks, what is the max number of prospects we should reach out to in a single campaign sequence? Alex, what advice would you give him? In a single campaign sequence? I don't know that I would have a max there. Uh, I think I would base it uh, on like what is actually active. Um, so if you think about the fact, like this is where a lot of people get in trouble. So let's say you just to make it easy, you have a 10 step sequence and today you add 20 people and tomorrow you add 20 people and the next day you add 20 people. And so by the end of the week, you have added now 100 people to your sequence. But what's going to happen is those 100 people will move to step two and step three and step four. And so the more people that you add, it is going to get to the point where there are going to be days that you might have like a hundred activities to do, which is insane. And so the answer is, what is the healthy balance of what you can do? What you can actually do from a quality standpoint to be able to maintain your sanity. But if you're, say, a full cycle sales rep, you also have discovery calls, qualification and pricing and so on and so forth, all the other stuff. And so I look at it and say, I would start with like five. Then I'd start with maybe five more. And then you, you might want to tailor it down a little bit on a per day basis until you can figure out what actually you can handle. Now, some of those steps might be fully automated and some of those might steps have some personalization. But I, I don't, I, there's not a number that I could throw out. Otherwise, I'm just guessing. <laughs> All right. Now, I always like to ask, Sandeep, where can the people find you? Oh, find me or uh, I was? Oh, yeah. On LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the best place. I'm on, I don't know, probably should drop. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. Drop my link. Yeah. And Alex, how about yourself? Where can the people find you? Uh, go on LinkedIn. I post every uh, every day, uh, as well as you can check out the website, alexnewman.com. Um, those two things are uh, pretty much the best place to get a hold of me. All right. Fantastic, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a great conversation. Alex, thank you so much, Sandeep. Thank you very much. And if you guys want to connect with us, go to sellbetter.xyz. You can find us on all platforms. And for those who are still on, I want to give you guys a special treat. It's something that's coming in June. Yes, in June, we are opening up a social media cohort. 
We are here to grow your personal brand. We are going to pick 20 lucky people to join our cohort, but we will be giving you guys automated posts based on different subjects that we will be sending over to you to help grow your personal brand on all social platforms. Now, I'm going to go ahead and drop the link to the type form. If you think you got what you what we need for this cohort, be sure to sign up and you can find it right there in the link I just dropped in the chat. Now, everyone, thank you again. This has been a great conversation around email sequencing, and I couldn't thank you enough. Thank you, Alex, and thank you, Sandeep. As always, we will catch you all on the next one. Peace out.